This is Daniel Jones, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and as you can see, we have a young man this week who is a big time guest, a big fish, a big, <laughs> big fish on the pod. I don't know He's how Michael- young I am anymore, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Ma- Michael Fabiano, for, dude, uh, with with the way that this, the way that predicting fantasy sports uh, and the way that predicting player performances generally goes. I think it turns our hair grayer quicker. It makes us older. <laughs> it's just during the season. It can be true, man. Yeah. Um, he is, he is Michael Fabiano from NFL network and NFL.com. You recognize him from, um, you know, basically being everywhere on TV and on Twitter. Um, you can find, uh, his content over there at NFL.com and also now joining our family at Sirius XM fantasy sports radio. He's on Monday through Friday with, uh, great friends, uh, Bob Harris and Mike Dempsey of the Football Diehards. That show is called Fantasy Dirt, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Michael Fabiano, thank you so much for coming on, brother. My pleasure, man. Hope all is well. Oh, yeah, dude. Going, everything going well here. Uh, hope hope the same for, for you. And we only have you here for just a, a short period of time, dude. So if, if you don't mind, I'm going to skip the formalities here and just get into the fantasy football. Let's Give the it. people what they want. <laughs> so uh, let's just uh, – I we just have – we. I'm, I'm sure you were just part of Scott Fishbowl. Mm-hmm. My draft – is your draft over? My draft is still in like the 16th round. Yeah, no. We actually got through pretty quick. Um I guess relatively speaking, but um, yeah, I'm done. Uh, we finished. Uh, it was last week, probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm. I think I'm officially in the slowest draft in that whole <laughs> thing. Um, so you've you've clearly been doing that. You've you've been doing some early industry drafts for sure. Best ball, et cetera. So are, th- are there any players right now that at their current ADP that you are looking to avoid, or maybe you think the fantasy industry could be a little bit higher on consensus wise than maybe you are? So Nick Chubb comes to mind, I, and, I, and I love him. I don't want people to get twisted here. I love Nick Chubb. He is a tremendous back. He is playing with another elite running back, though. Like, Kareem Hunt was a top five running back in Kansas City before the mess. And last year, if you look at the numbers, eight games they played together, Nick Chubb only two touchdowns. Uh, they basically averaged the same number of fantasy points per game, right around 13. And I, I think Nick Chubb could still rush for 1,300 yards. Uh I don't know that the touchdowns are going to be a, a a friend for the fantasy community. Let's put it that way. I feel like with Kareem Hunt there, the ceiling took a little bit of a hit, and his reception ceiling took a massive hit. He, he was doing nothing as a pass catcher, basically, when Kareem Hunt was there uh, in those eight games last season. So Nick Chubb going in the first round is a little bit too rich for my blood. Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, if you're taking him in, in the third round, that's a little too rich for my blood. As good as he was in college and as great as I think he'll end up being long-term, Marlon Mack is still there. Frank Reich has never come out and said, Jonathan Taylor is going to be our featured back. They have continually said, Marlon Mack's still in the mix. Naheem Hines is still in the mix. So I feel like there's going to be a committee there. And Jonathan Taylor busts out in 2021. 
Um, Odell Beckham Jr. is another guy that, as great as he was in New York, I feel like you can't ignore what was just an awful season in 2019. I get it. He wasn't 100%. But Kevin Stefanski has, has really not sort of prioritized wide receivers in his offenses, even though it's a small sample size. Uh, Stefan Diggs, at, at the best, was averaging about 14.5 fantasy points per game uh, under Stefanski there in Minnesota. Adam Thielen barely averaged over 10 fantasy points per game under Stefanski. Now, things will be better. It's Odo Beckham Jr., but they've also got Jarvis Landry. They've got Kareem Hunt. They've got Nick Chubb. They signed Austin Hooper. David Njoku is currently on the roster, at least. So there's a lot of options there. And for OBJ to be drafted, I've seen OBJ drafted as a wide receiver one in the second round, and there's no way in heck I'm doing that. I'd rather get him as a wide receiver two. And, and, and even then, I'm sort of, well, let's see if he can get back to sort of at least close to what he was because I don't think he'll ever be what he was uh, in Cleveland like he was in the Big Apple. Uh, Amari Cooper, and this one pains me because I'm a Cowboys fan. Third round for Amari. <laughs> you had Sadie Lamb. You've got Michael Gallup. Blake Jarwin is in the mix as well. Uh, the, and, and Amari was, was a guy who was great in the first half of last season and the injuries kind of hit him and, and his numbers dropped a little bit. So uh, it was far less consistent. So even Amari, uh, early on, we saw Amari being drafted as a wide receiver one. I feel like now he's certainly dropped into that wide receiver two category and and sort of a mid-level wide receiver two at this point. So there you so there you have it. Uh, Michael Fabiano hates your team, Cleveland Browns. It, it doesn't no, want any, it doesn't want anything to do with. It's a, there's, there, there's too many good players, <laughs> man. Like that's a, no, it's yeah. yeah, it's it's on. Hell, if Baker Mayfield stinks this season, then he's never going to be any good in the NFL with the offensive linemen that they added with Jay Conklin. Uh, Jack Conklin and uh, and Jedrick Wills like Baker's in a great spot to succeed. If he doesn't do it, oh, well, that's going to be the end of Baker sooner than later. It'll be it'll be no one's fault, but 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 Baker's. It'll be sure. Case Keenum to the rescue. And 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 do you know what, Fabs? Uh, like the thing I saw today about Odell Beckham, and I'll move on after. But the, like, did you see the thing about how he was he was thinking about quitting because of the angle? I did, like, like, I didn't see I that. Just, no, I, I saw the little. I saw the blurb. I, I just I couldn't believe us. I, it, it made me think it's probably doesn't mean that much on the surface, but it just made me think it's like, man, if you've had those ideas enter your head about quitting at his age, what, if, what he's been able to do, what does that say about your, about your mentality? So, uh, and, and I wholeheartedly agree with all of what you said. Actually, one thing I wanted to ask you just about Kareem Hunt, I like totally, that's a, he's a, I still think he's kind of a top five back in the, in the league. I, like if, if he was in a feature role moving forward, it's, it's why I'm just, I'm picking him up in every dynasty league that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Are we discounting the fact with his like sixth or seventh round ADP right now that he could possibly get get traded during during the season? And if that um, were to happen, I mean, yeah, look, I, I'd, I mean, I'd find it hard to believe that that Cleveland would would deal him, especially if the team is doing well and Kareem Hunt is, uh, you know, is, is is playing at a high level, which I would expect him to to do uh, anytime he's on the gridiron. But stranger things have happened. He's also a free agent, remember, at the end of the season. There is a long list of really talented running backs who are going to be free agents at the end of the season, including Kareem Hunt, Derrick Henry, uh, Marlon Mack, and a bunch of other guys. So if a team is willing to give enough, I mean, I guess almost anybody is is uh, you know is out there uh, and available in a trade. But I'd be surprised if that happened, especially if Cleveland is is, is doing well and competing in the AFC North. All right. So, so Nick Chubb, off the board for you. As far as far as where's current ADP, I mean, any player you'll take once they get to a certain ADP. Of course, of course. But but right, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but but are there any early round? Uh, are there any 
or not even early round, just for just for where you can get them running backs right now that you find yourself. You're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm consistently getting this guy because the value keeps keep, keeps presenting itself. So I've done like five or six best balls, uh, a few industry leagues. One guy I seem to always get is Todd Gurley. And I've been getting him in the third round uh, a couple of times in the fourth round. And like, I get there's risk there. I understand that, but he's only 25. He's turning 26, I think uh, August 3rd. And he is still to me uh, a very viable RB two. And last year, second half of the season, when the Rams sort of let him go uh, when, when they actually let him play a featured role, because the plan the whole time was to, sort of, you know, take him along slowly. And then once we get to the second half of the season, sort of unleash him. Yeah. I mean, he had double digit touchdowns. And you see how well that worked. <laughs> well, by <laughs> well, the yeah, time you use him, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah no, right. Right, right. Exactly. It wasn't great for fantasy owners. It's funny because, um, you know, last year I was at an event and I had asked, um, uh, um, who the heck was it there that, that I was talking to? It was, it was a, a, a Rams uh, rep. And I was saying, so, you know, actually it was, it was, uh, it was less neat actually. Um, and I, and I said, what's going to be the deal with Todd Gurley? And, you know, he was like, well, okay. If, uh, if you like touchdowns, maybe you want to draft him. Um, you know, he's, he, he had positive <laughs> things to say. And, and at the end of the day, he was right. Um, you know, had, had the 14 touchdowns last season in Atlanta, they've got a really spectacular offense with Julio and Calvin and they bring in Hayden Hurst. And of course, Matt Ryan is in the mix clearly. And, that offense could be explosive. And so even if Todd Gurley doesn't rush for a thousand yards, he's a guy who could give you 900, who can give you double digit touchdowns, who can maybe catch 30 or 40 balls out of the backfield. So uh, as a third round pick or a fourth round pick, I mean, I, I will obviously take that all day long. Uh, I've got some Kenyon Drake shares. I've got some Miles Sanders shares. I like both of those players, uh, especially Sanders, assuming the Eagles don't go and get crazy and, and add another running back at the last minute. And uh, Drake is also a free agent as well uh, coming into 2021. So he's going to be sort of singing for his supper. And now he's a featured back and Adam Gase is nowhere to be found to ruin his fantasy value. Well, Fabs, let me just ask you, because I agree about Todd Gurley and my, like I see some projections. I see some side seven projections on him projecting like 16 and a half touches per game and stuff like that. Are, are people really projecting Quadri Allison? I'm trying to think Brian Hill is still in the wrong. Ito Ito. Yep. Like, are they, are, are they really projecting those guys to cut into carries? And is it, and is it just because people are saying, well, I understand he's still young, but the knees aren't young and they're going to need to, they're going to need to monitor him in some way there. I, it doesn't make sense to me why he wouldn't be getting the same workhorse projection as virtually anybody else. If it, if it was me and I'm at the Atlanta Falcons and I sign him to a one-year deal, I'm giving him all he can take. <laughs> I'm giving him all saying. he can take, yeah. man. Honestly, yeah. like why, why put the kid gloves on him? He, he is not, it's not a long-term investment. And, you know, Atlanta's, they're contenders, right? I mean, you would think that division's going to be pretty tough, of course, uh, you yeah. know, but I, why, why, why treat him with kid gloves? And I don't think he wants to be treated with kid gloves. I think there were some issues there with Sean McVay in Los Angeles over the last, you know, in the Super Bowl when they didn't really use him all that much, right? Uh, and there was some controversy over there. And, you know, then they bring in Daryl Henderson and everyone's talking about Daryl Henderson and how great he could be. Well, that didn't turn out to be very good, but if I'm Atlanta, I'm giving him the damn ball, man, uh, as much as he can handle and see where it goes. He's the he's the only legitimate option in that backfield, uh, uh, aside from the guys that you mentioned. I mean, 
you know, Ito Smith maybe is the handcuff. That's about it. There, there, there's really no other legitimate options in that backfield. So to me, I think Gurley's going to get all he can handle. I'm not saying he's going to get 25 touches a game, but he'll get all he can handle. I'm not even sure that's a situation I'd want to handcuff. We we have no idea what would happen if Gurley went. That right. might be a mess where you it, wouldn't even know. That's mostly like in best ball. Right. If, right, if right. you're if you're picking at the end of the draft and Ito's out there and you know. That, that, that would be the guy that I would pick, but you're right. It, it could end up being and would likely be a committee without Gurley. Just a, just a nightmare where you wouldn't want to start any of them. So what what about um, – talk? Uh, speaking of nightmares, what do you think the Dalvin Cook situation is a nightmare? Because at first, you know, when we were doing these early best ball drafts back in February and March, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming into the draft, it was, you know, it was the big five at the very top. You know, um, uh of course, you know, Zeke, McCaffrey, uh, Kamara, Barkley, and Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while, it feels like Cook might have kind of been out of there because of the um, the, the contract negotiations and, you know, the, the threat to hold out. But then you watch these Scott Fishbowl drafts happen, and people are acting like that's not an, even a thing anymore. He's just going in the top five, top six. seems like Kamara is going ahead of him more now as people kind of weigh that risk. You, right. Where 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 are you on Dalvin Cook? I mean, are you looking at maybe taking guys like Joe Mixon or uh I don't know Kenyon Drake or something like that possibly ahead of him given the risk or are you just going full full forward believing that Dalvin Cook is going to be good to go to 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 start the season? So, I had Tom Pelissero on uh, Fantasy Dirt a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about Dalvin Cook and how it doesn't really helped Alvin cook to hold out because in terms of the new CBA uh, and the verbiage in there, he would still sort of uh, be under the Vikings control regardless. So I don't know what's going to happen. I know that two, the, the two sides want to get something done. I have moved Alvin cook down though. Um, I, I had him pretty solidly at four um, ahead of Camara. Now I've moved him down to nine. So I've got Drake ahead of him, Sanders, Mixon, Derek Henry and Camara now ahead of him. Uh, I've got him one spot ahead of, Austin Eckler uh, at the position. And, you know, it, it's almost like uh, sort of a roller coaster with him. You know, once we hear news that, hey, things are, are better or things are worse, and he's certainly going to hold out or he's not going to, you know, he'll move up and down. The good thing, I mean, he's one of the most talented running backs in the league. He's still a very young guy. You know, the durability issues are a little bit of a concern. But playing in that offense, man, I mean, you know, Gary Kubiak loves to, loves to run the football. And mm-hmm. a lot of running backs have had a lot of success uh, including guys like Terrell Davis and Clinton Portis and hell. I mean, you remember back the days where every Broncos running back seemingly was valuable in fantasy, even if it's Mike Anderson or Ruben Drake, Tatum, Tatum, Tatum Bell. Bell. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's it, right. I mean, like the, it yeah. just, there, there was just a long line of them. So uh, he's in a great position to succeed. There is some risk though, because he is potentially going to hold out. Although again, what I've heard, it doesn't really make sense for him to hold out. And he hasn't been the most durable dude in the world. So if you do draft Dalvin Cook, you almost inevitably want to get Alexander Madison, and you may have to pay a little bit of a, of a higher price for him because a lot of people out there are looking at him in like zero RB strategies, which they're still out there, I guess, but I don't know why. Tom Pelissero, I'll have to, I'll have to, of course, you can listen back to any of uh, any of Fabs' shows on SiriusXM using mm-hmm. the, uh, the SiriusXM app. Just search for Fantasy Dirt. Um, and I, I, did Pelissero mention at all the fact that it seemed like Melvin Gore, it was idiotic for Melvin Gordon to hold out too, but he's but but he still did. Was, he didn't. Was, was that he didn't mention. Anything, yeah, he didn't mention anything about Melvin. But I mean, it, it, I guess it, I guess the situations uh, could be seen as as somewhat similar. 
Uh, he held out, um, ended up coming back, played 12 games, and actually was was pretty decent. I mean, like there were games where he disappeared, but uh, at the end of the day, I think he averaged uh, more fantasy points during that time than Austin Eckler. Um, it, it was very close. The touches were significantly up. You know, Melvin Gordon was averaging, you know, between 15 and 18 touches a game. And so now in Denver, I, I mean, I, the contract is okay, right? I mean, he didn't break the bank like Christian McCaffrey or, or Zeke Elliott. So at the end of the day, maybe it wasn't the best idea for Gordon to hold out, but he ended up getting, I guess, what he wanted or as close to what he wanted as possible. He took uh, he he took a little less than what the Chargers would have right. were offering him at the final deal. Right. So, so so ultimately, you know, the 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 holdout, you know, didn't really make a whole lot of sense and it didn't help him at all. Right. Um so whenever we talk about these running backs that we're, you know, either really confident in or in the case of guys like Dalvin or in the case of guys like Nick Chubb, maybe that we're just a, a small bit worried about. What about um, one last running back question that I want to just ask you a couple quick wide receiver questions. What, what sure. about Cam Akers? What, what can we make of Cam Akers out there for the Rams? You talked about Daryl Henderson. That guy sucked last year. He couldn't get on the football field. Mm-hmm. We know who Malcolm Brown is. I've been watching him since he was a high schooler here in central Texas. I, I mean, he was a, a great prospect, a good college player, but he's been a jag at the at the NFL level. Yep. Uh, it just doesn't seem like seems to me like it's a pretty clear runway for Cam Akers. I, I'd like to I'd like to hear your thoughts on on, on that situation, though. No, I, he's the favorite. I mean, I, I don't see there being uh, any argument that he's the favorite to to be the starter in in Los Angeles. Now, from what you hear from the coaching staff. They and Sean McVay has come out and said, we have three good running backs, right? With the two that you mentioned in Akers. Mm-hmm. Now the cream typically will rise to the top. I think Cam Akers will rise to the top. I don't know that he's going to get a girly sort of workload, but I feel like he will lead this backfield in touches at the end of the season. Uh, you mentioned Daryl Henderson came out and, and just w- was, was not, uh, was not inspiring at all in, in terms of his play. Malcolm Brown kind of is what he is. Uh, Cam Akers last year uh, played very well behind a poor offensive line. Uh, prove that he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. I don't know that he's going to be a three down back because I do feel like they are going to mix in Henderson uh, and Brown during the course of the season. But if you are targeting a Rams running back and right now he's probably coming off the board in the fifth round ballpark, uh, maybe a little bit later in some drafts, maybe a little bit earlier in others. uh, He's the guy to go after. Do you think that there's one giants wide receiver that, people should be focusing in on is there one you can cape up for between golden tate sterling shepherd and darius slayton just given their given all of these guys are going going fairly going fairly late in in in, in drafts i mean uh, and they're all like going close to one another too yeah if you, yeah, yeah right so be, because it feels like you can consistently get slayton in the, like the ninth you know ninth round of these things and mm-hmm. it's just, i think that's probably around like Clear, cl- clearly, I'm most interested in Slayton because I'm, I'm dialed into where he's going. But let's see, right. Golden Tate. Um, Golden Tate's going um, at like uh, pick one. F- so later, like wide receiver 56. Um, so he's going a round or two later. And then Sterling Shepard, it feels like people just aren't that 116. So he's going right around just maybe a little bit after. So Slayton, Slayton then Shepard a little after him. And then Tate, a good amount after both of those guys in PPR at least via the fantasy pros consensus, if you, if using just those ADPs, is there one of them that stands out to you that you like best? So it it sort of depends on what kind of fantasy owner you are, right? If you like the, the guys with the high ceilings, uh, but potentially a low floor, it's Darius Slayton. 
He quietly had eight touchdowns last year and had a nice rapport with Daniel Jones, who I feel like is going to bust out uh, this season. If you like reliability, it's Golden Tate, right? Because Golden Tate, he was good last season. Like people forget he was putting up good numbers. Now, a big part of that was Evan Ingram was hurt. Sterling Shepard was hurt. So Golden was really sort of like the, you know, the, the, the number one option in the passing game aside from Darius Slayton. So uh, Daniel Jones was throwing him the ball quite often. So the targets were there. And now with a full slate, when you've got Shepard and you've got Slayton and you've got Ingram back and, and of course, Saquon's going to be hundred uh, percent Golden Tate's value drops a little bit, but I think he'd be the most reliable guy. And Sterling Shepard, Sterling Shepard's probably the best of the three, but the issues with him and his durability ha- have really hurt his value. I mean, this is a guy signed a pretty good contract with the Giants, uh, w- was considered to be sort of a sleeper type of player or a guy whose value was on the rise when the Giants parted ways with Odell Beckham Jr. And it just didn't happen because he couldn't stay on the gridiron. So, again, high ceiling, breakout type, that's Slayton. Uh, Golden Tate's kind of like, hey, old reliable. And mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard is probably the most talented of the three, uh, but he comes with the most risk. Fair enough. Well, you you mentioned, and I'll and I'll get you out of here on on this, brother. We, mm-hmm. we can't tell you how how much we appreciate you taking some time for the pod today. Yeah, my pleasure. You mentioned you mentioned it earlier. You think Daniel Jones is going to break out? Why not just let the listeners know why and uh, and and we'll let you get out of here and get on to your radio show, Fantasy Dirt. So last year, Daniel Jones had four games with twenty eight plus fantasy points. That's only happened twice before among rookie quarterbacks. One of them was Cam Newton, uh, and we know what he's become. And <laughs> Roger Robert Griffin III was the other, uh, and unfortunately injuries uh, sort of derailed his career. But I love what the Giants did with the offensive line. Uh, three of their first five picks were O-linemen, um, so the O-line should be much better. They've got that full complement in terms of weapons, as I mentioned with Saquon, the three wide receivers, and Evan Ingram, who's basically a wide receiver in a tight end's body. And Daniels played a full year as a starter in the National Football League, and I just – I, I like – I know he has to get rid of that fumbling issue because that he, – he was like Dave Craig-esque. It was terrible. But <laughs> assuming he could be better in terms of ball security, uh, assuming that he's going to take that next step in his development because he played basically a full season as a starter for the G-Men last year, and assuming that he's going to continue to extend plays with his feet and he can run. Like he's not Lamar and he's not uh, you know Kyler. But, I mean, he could give you a good 300 yards rushing. And, you know, we've seen that from guys like Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers where they're not going to give you a whole bunch of yards, but, you know, an extra 250, 300 on the ground and maybe two or three touchdowns, that's done. That's nothing but good from a fantasy perspective. I have Daniel Jones ranked ahead of Aaron Rodgers at this point, one spot ahead of him, because I'm looking for the upside. I'm looking for that, for that higher ceiling, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers' best days are clearly behind him. And Green Bay did nothing to help him unless you really like Devin Funches for some reason. Um, but – I just feel like, Dan- and this is coming from a Cowboys fan who grew up in the tri-state area and hates the Giants and hated the Giants. I really like Daniel Jones. I think he's not going to be at the same statistical level as a Lamar last year or as a Patrick Mahomes the year before, but I really feel like he is the leading candidate to be this year's best draft bargain among quarterbacks and a guy who's going to break out uh, in 2020. 